After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do it for do some more. Do some more. Do it for do some more. When it comes to the Kings, it's my favorite show. Do it for do some more. Do some more. Do it for do some more. When it comes to the kings, uh, big hopes and dreams as we cover our kings. Never cover the kingdom, but we loving our kings. And we covet your prayers as we doing our thing. Big deuce with the pod, little mo on the screen. Solo or together, still do it for team. Never switch up for a dollar or revenue stream. So we always got each other. Balance out the bang. Deuce and mo, and that's the end of the thing. God, it feels good to be live. How are we doing on a Monday night? Kind of feels good. I don't give a damn if it's not after a Kings game. I love, love being live. I know, and I think if people had their wishes, we'd be live every single night. Hey, Morgan. Hey, what's up? Are you sure that would be their wishes? I think some people. I think some... At least 10 of you out there, huh? Let's go, Kane. It's an NBA off night. But well, we figured uh, NBA off night, there's a shit ton going around the NBA right now. We got the conference finals about to start. You got Sasha winning all Euro League. What? what? John Morant in some hot water again. And coaching changes galore. Insane. The Almost the usual off-season, except the uh, IG Live sprinkle in there just goes for that extra drama. So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack tonight. And then we don't stop our content for those who are just checking us out for a while and you only watch us when we're live. We've been putting out content consistently on our YouTube page every single day. Well, okay. Mostly every single day. A lot, though. We've got a lot of content. So we're going to keep that up all summer long. And as we inch closer to the draft, we'll be talking some draft. We even have an interview coming up on Wednesday. We do. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. Donating five bucks and dissect podcast. Dude, you guys. That's an old one. Oh, that might be an old one. I don't know. But I know Emmanuel did. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Let's see. I've seen Deuce and Mo at Sprouts getting healthy groceries with coupons. I I don't think you saw us. That wasn't me. I I don't live near near Sprouts. (laughs) To be honest, uh, I uh, wish. Yeah, but maybe there's maybe that's Bruce and Joe. So around, you know. Bruce Th- and there's, Joe. There is another. There's someone else that looks a lot like us. They do have a podcast. I weird. actually look like yeah. the Joe. If you didn't know, uh, shout out to everyone hanging out with us. 
Appreciate Skeeter, Churro, not KJJK Emmanuel, as we mentioned. Patrick, Jamar, Megadeth, Clint is in the building with Jesus and Paul. What's up, Jess? Hey, Ryan. Ryan says, miss y'all. Well, we're here. We're, we're going here. Anywhere. Appreciate you guys hanging out with I us. I think that sometimes, I mean, not sometimes. We know this, Deuce. We've seen everything grow from obviously last off season even to this off season yeah. and it's like people are starting to understand more and more like oh yeah yeah they don't go away just because king's basketball goes away like we always always here yeah always. but you know we're live a lot during the season and now we're not live as often and that's fine we're like live once a week rather than like yeah. three times a week it, that's true Come on now. Appreciate that. Come on. Uh, if you're here and you have not yet, make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed too, because all that does is help our channel grow. Make sure you're supporting the rest of our content we're posting all the time as well. What's up, I Rock Music? Love hearing you guys already missing Kings basketball. Hit the fog machine just to bring back that good, you know, gotta be honest, fog machine's packed away. Whoa. Maybe it was just a last year thing. Oh my God. No, it's not. I, I was think, like, what a waste of a fog I think machine. I, I think my, my brain's coming back to normal, and so are my lungs yeah, after doing that. Yeah, honestly, need a little little um, break from the fog. Shout out to Christine. Thank you so much. Coach Molly, Christine says, plot twist, you two start a home improvement channel called Bruce and Joe. Not bad. Oh. Hi, Tina. Jamar says, I missed you guys on Sackdown Sports. It was my epic afternoon start. Sorry, man. Do ever ever I... The longer we have been away from doing a daily show for three hours, I I, I can't even fathom doing nope. that again. No. It's just, it's no. too much. But to those who can do it, dude, good I appreciate it. I just good think, the for them. I think the content games changed too. And just the time perspective, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. I mean, and, well, and now that's what you're, you know, you say you miss us, but then again, all the topics that we feel passionate about and sure. want to talk about too, we just come on and do a five minute clip, 15 minute conversation, a live podcast on a Monday night, whatever it is. We're going to be alive a lot, especially when news breaks. What's up, Albert? Hey, Deuce and Mo. Brandon says, so who has the better jumper, Deuce or Mo? My money is on Mo, respectfully. My jumper's better, but like Deuce's, what's your game compared to? They're, like, you would want Deuce on your team. I'll tell you that. But PJ Tucker. Yeah. No, I'll get, I honestly, like, because he's not going to score all the time. And then when he does have a game, like the other game seven the other day, when he started the game with like eight straight points, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. holy shit, he's got it in him still, though. But you're not expecting him to do that, right? Um, but yeah, my jumper, mm, it was, it was pretty today. Look, I know perfect. my strength. Yeah. I know my strength. I'm going to go out there. And this is where I get made fun of by people in the chat. Oh, dude, is this what every bad player I says? I got your back. What? No, dude. I play. I play hard. And I go hard. I, I, I had not played in months. I went to the park the other day. I was going to just get some shots up. Some guy was like, hey, you want to play 21? I, was, I hesitated. I hesitated at first because yeah. I haven't played. I'm out of shape. I'm trying to get back in shape. And uh, we played. And he respected he respected what I brought to the table. Because I'm sure you brought it. I know one way, Morgan. Yeah. It's to go hard. Yeah. That's all I do. No, I think we're going to start running drills together, too. Because yeah. I, had, I had fun today when you started. He started rebounding for me, and we just play, like, light defense. And it was nice getting my little jab step down again and just kind of popping it over somebody. I'm like, oh, she's still got it. 
Just BU says, I see Deuce as a 5'11 post specialist. Well, one, I'm 6'1. Put some respect <laughs> on the height, okay? Don't try to knock a couple inches off me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can post up, but I will attack. I will attack. Oh, put him in the pick and roll. Give me a little mid-range action, too. Great I'll knock out a mid-range shot. Three-point shot's not my strength. Will I shoot it every once in a while? Sure, sure. You're better off dropping dimes to Deuce than he is to you, too. Like, that's yeah. going to be his strength, like cutting to the basket. Um, before we start the podcast. Um, no, we should talk about this the whole <laughs> podcast. Megadeth says, both of your uh, TV responsibilities are going to grow. I miss you on the radio as well, Aww. but might as well. Be ready for the increased workload with more playoff seasons. Dude, I hope so. Appreciate thank the you. cut. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's sweet. Thanks. Um, thank you guys for narrating the greatest basketball season I've ever watched. The beam, turn on the jets, a band-aid, the clinching oh. Portland game one energy. Dude, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed us covering it, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and it's crazy. It's that was only two weeks ago yesterday, the season ended. <laughs> And uh, honestly, you could have told me that was six months ago. But yeah, yeah, it was six months ago. Was. I'm like that was that was just two weeks ago. It this these last two weeks, I have felt very like out of body, um, not normal. I'm finally last feeling, week. I felt great. I'm feeling normal yeah. again. I'm feeling like so <laughs> rested, not depressed anymore. Like good. I told Morgan this. So, um, you know, with the schedule, especially when we took on the radio show for a minute. I, I, I stopped going to the gym completely. Like, and I was not really in a good routine before that. But then I just stopped going. I didn't eat well. So I have this app that's tied to my scale, okay? It's some scale I got off Amazon, right? And so you weigh yourself and it goes to your phone. It's like connected Bluetooth. I stepped on the scale and it po- there was a message that popped up. It was like, hey, are, is this the right person? Because I had put on like 13 pounds, four, 13, 14 pounds in the middle of the You sure this season. is you? Yeah, like it, it's someone else step on the scale and they're in your login because this can't be you. Yeah. So you talk about players working out off season, yeah. working on their games, working their bodies. Deuce Mason is going to look like Scoot Henderson with his shirt That's off. That's not even physically in possible in, in one summer. Well, yeah. You'd okay. have to I, like I would not pro- eat. Or yeah, I would probably have to juice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> juice, <laughs> not eat. So everything that's hey. or take that new Real Housewives um shot that they're all doing. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> juice with deuce. <laughs> no, you're uh, just gonna get healthy and in shape, yeah, dude. No, I feel great. Like I'm, I I, work, I mean hey, work out, eating well. Playing ball after I work out, it's great. You said, you know, you you obviously dressed better this last season with all your suits, like having fun with fashion. But didn't you say, like, some of your pants at the end weren't even fitting? Look, my weight, and I, I appreciate Tina going, yeah, I've seen your picture. You still look thin. Look, I hear you, and I'm not proclaiming like I am overweight. Yeah. But I know my, my love handles, let's just say, there's a lot of love to handle right there. Okay? There's a lot on those handles. And I, like I always say, look, I have a little bit of a dad bod right now. The problem is I'm not a dad. <laughs> I'm a dog dad, I guess, but that, I'm not, I don't want a dad bod. So it's time to stop it. You're not like getting abs or anything. You're just Tina, like. Tina, do not make what? me take my shirt off. You'll be like, oh God. You'd be a little Tina, shocked. Do not it. make him take his shirt off, please. For the love of God, <laughs> save us all. Oh uh, it's been a good pre-show, huh? Oh, we haven't even started the podcast yet. Well, shit. Can we put this on the audio for Yeah, why not? Dude, I mean, okay. that's us. We're just 
shooting the shit. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> How about we actually start the podcast? Sure. In three, two, one. Hit our music. Deuce ammo. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast. I'm just going to start over because I just looked down and I saw, no, I saw the audio level messed up and I, Coach Nick just popped in in the middle of us starting our show and it bled over the entire thing. See, everyone said Nick, mute Nick. See, <laughs> see right away. I looked over at the levels and someone's in our chat. All right, continue. Nick, why would he do that at the start? Nick. Uh, you guys heard so what's funny is the way this is routed i have to turn them up on my end to hear them but if he goes in you guys can hear him and i can't so i just looked over there i'm like that's not normal all right well he's gone now he just disappeared bye nick <laughs> he'll be back he sang the intro did he really <laughs> no i hope he did i hope he did you should. <laughs> oh god hit the thumbs up subscribe let's get started do some more coming down three two one hit my music Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Monday morning, believe it or not, 15 days after the King season ended. You could have You could have told me that was seven months ago. I would have totally believed you. It was only 15 days ago. Yeah. And now we are on the cusp of the conference final starting a little bubble rematch. I'm excited for it. <laughs> that didn't sound <laughs> No, it did not. In the East, you've got Miami and Boston. The West, Denver taking on the Lakers. And this NBA offseason's already been crazy. There's drama every single day. Since the last time we've been on, John Morant in trouble again. For flashing a gun for on the IG Live. Yeah. That's happened before. This is the second time. Monty Williams is done in Phoenix. Coach There's of the year last year. Crazy. Yeah. A lot has changed since the last time we were on. And teams are looking at Mark Jackson again as a head coach candidate. That was one team, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> so a lot to talk about on tonight's podcast and all the drama in Philly. Where, where do you want to start if you spun the wheel tonight on, all right, we start with conference finals. <laughs> where do we land? You don't like that? You want to respin? No. I just, I, I, honestly, you're, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like, like we, please just pick. Please just pick. I think it died. I think that's what happened. I spun oh, it twice don't. and it died. Those things don't die. They're not electric. Okay. Mine was actually, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, I think the one thing you brought up to me earlier today that we've been talking about is Joel Embiid and the Sixers. They lose game seven. And the aftermath, like what's next for the Sixers? It's crazy because I feel like the headline is Jason Tatum scored 51 points. Okay. In a game seven to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. But the aftermath is Joel Embiid's press conference. What James Harden 
said when he was asked about Doc Rivers. Now Ramona Shelbourne saying today that if Doc is there, James is not going to be there. James Harden Rumor is going to Houston. There's just so much drama with this. There's there's a, a lot of different angles with this. And Deuce, really quick, before we get to one of the angles, Emmanuel says Mo has a booger. Do I have a booger? No. Okay. <laughs> he got me, Emmanuel. <laughs> I was like, wait, if I have a booger and Deuce didn't tell me that would be wrong. What a terrible teammate. But you know what? Um, the Sixers, they seem like they have a lot of terrible teammates there because what Joel Embiid had to say. And I know you and I have had different perspectives on this, but this just goes into all these different angles that we are talking about right now. And I really want to just start with him. All right, let's start with Joel Embiid. This is uh, one of the clips circulating. This is the longer version of it. The short version did sound kind of bad, but Joel Embiid after the loss. Uh, we got the chance to win, but, you know, it's going to take, you know, more than us. Uh, we all got to look at ourselves. Uh, I, I got to be better, and I will be better. Uh, that's what I'm focused on. Um, you know, all of us, uh, we got to, you know, come back and uh, find ways uh, to just keep improving and, you know, help the team. Uh, you can't win alone. Uh, I can't win alone. I can't. Me and James, we just can't win alone. You know, that's why basketball is played 5-on-5. Five five. So, you know, we just need everybody to just, you know, try to keep finding ways to get better and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. So there's Joel Embiid after the game. A lot of people had a problem with that. He finished game seven with 15 points, eight rebounds, five of 18 shooting along with four turnovers. Can't just be him and James Harden. Not in that game. I know. We, we what feel What was your problem with this. what he had to say? Because I listen to that uh -huh. and I go, he's not lying. He says, I have to be better. James has to be better. Yep. We all have to be better. Yep. W what was wrong with what he said? What I didn't like is that he's like basically saying that his role players around him are not good enough who by the way pj tucker was the one that was coming out straight in that game and knocking down corner threes hitting some shots whatever but it's not just james harden and joel Embiid. although if you look at all the numbers and not only their scoring ability and um the amount that they have the ball in their hands during every single game sure they are producing a lot for these teams for this team, but at the same time, the role players on their squad, I mean, there's enough there. There's a lot there, at least. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think the, the larger issue, I have less of an issue with what he said about everyone's got to be better. That's that's obvious. You just lost a series, and you got embarrassed in a game seven. Yeah. I mean, absolutely embarrassed in that second half. They got trucked. But it goes to what you're saying. I think it's the style of play. I think it is hard to play basketball with James Harden. Boom. I think it is hard to play basketball times with Joel Embiid. These guys command the ball a lot. They kind of do their own thing. When you look at someone like Jokic, he's moving the ball like crazy, right? Yeah. Some of these other star players will move the ball still. These guys don't do that as often. No. And so when you're not facing a situation where you're not asked to do a ton all the time anyway, and then come playoff time, the big guns can't step it up. That's it. That's it, it makes it. it challenging. But 
I mean, I, I hear he's frustrated. He's frustrated. I, and I'm fine. I'm fine with anyone being transparent and and sharing their frustrations. But at the same time, I do believe you still have to be somewhat careful with your words. You know, like, and I think he was saying everything pretty politically correct and fine, and then started going in that direction. And I just think the words that he chose can be damaging to the other players. Tobias Harris, Maxi. I mean, you got other guys yeah, well, on. You have depth. You go down and you go Melton. I mean, even that was someone who we've talked about that the Grizzlies were missing. You know, and I just, I, I think you have to be careful in those moments because you have seen so much, um, what, divisiveness with this Sixer squad over the years with Ben Simmons there and everything as well. So it's just it's just not a good look when the MVP, your leader, is supposed to be setting the tone and he didn't even set a tone in a Game 7. He wasn't good in Game 7, but this is where you have to also acknowledge that the Celtics did a hell of a job. The Celtics are a really good team. They made it to the I NBA agree. Finals last year, and what they did defensively in that game... They were outstanding. And then they had their guy, Jason Tatum, who was spectacular. Oh. Their duo, Tatum and Brown, better than Harden and Embiid. And I think a lot of times you can make the case it shouldn't be Harden and Embiid. I mean, Embiid and Maxi might be the way to go for the future. Well, to be it honest, might be the way I mean, to go for the future. I, I just, and James Harden, this is what happens in playoff series with him. The moment is too big sometimes for him. And I think he shrinks. And I feel like there's too many times he's just, he gets frustrated or he's just checked out. Yeah. I watch him and go, he's checked out. And with Embiid, it's just tough because this guy is always hurt. And I think something that's not being talked enough about with this series is Embiid wasn't 100%. He had this bulky-ass knee brace on at times. He wasn't 100%. But he really hasn't been in his entire career. And that's what makes it so frustrating if you're a Sixers fan is you've been patient you trusted the process. You went through everything. You've seen dramatic changes. Simmons out, Harden in. And let's be honest about it. James Harden had a Ben Simmons game seven, oh. right? So, like, oh. that's that's the problem with it. Yeah. And now you start thinking about long-term with them. I don't know what happens because after the game, James Harden was asked about his relationship, where it stands with Doc Rivers and whether he believes he should be back as coach next season. Harden simply said, our relationship is okay. And then Ramona Shelbourne reports behind the scenes from what I'm told. One person said to me, it would be hard for me to see James wanting to come back and play for Doc again. So Doc Rivers been there for a few years. I know it's so easy to point figures at Doc. So easy. And he deserves some blame for sure. But like, we have to acknowledge these, these guys have to play better. Like, the team has to play you. better. Thank Harden's got to play better. Harden can't be dropping 40 a game for a couple of games, and then give you nothing. And, and if you want to go the Doc Rivers route and and talk about what he did wrong, I mean, we can go into his in-game adjustments, defensive adjustments, um, every single time. Jason Tatum seeking out Joel Embiid. Embiid is now out of the paint. Joel Embiid is now guarding Jason Tatum and is getting cooked every single time. It didn't matter if it was from beyond the arc or him just schooling by him, whatever it was. Um that 
a little bit of that is on Doc Rivers changing up the defense. Okay, so he did. So then he throws a blitz at Jason Tatum. Doesn't work. Throws a zone. Doesn't work. Now it really becomes on the individuals to fight through and find it within to want to be out there, to want to stop the ball, to want to stop Jason Tatum. And I think when you look at these guys toward the end of this game, Deuce, especially going back and talking about James Harden and what he wasn't doing, not only in this game, but we've seen this before with James Harden, like, Doc Rivers can only do so much to get it out of him, right? And can we also just be honest? They did change defensive coverages, like you said. Yeah. I don't think it mattered what you threw at Tatum yesterday. He was having that Steph Curry, like, out-of-body experience. Better than Steph Curry's Game 7 in Sacramento. He he was far more efficient. And 51 points. 51 points for Jason Tatum. Yeah, I'm curious to see if Harden ends up leaving and if Houston is this landing spot, which is another story that's weird. I don't know where the Sixers go. It's an expensive team. Tobias Harris makes a lot of money. Embiid, you're locked into. Where do you go? Because he needs help. I think Maxi can be elevated. and be, I think I'm a big Tyrese Maxi fan. Yeah. He's fast, gets the bucket. He plays with confidence. Young. Got a little better defensively at times, especially in the playoffs. We saw some flashes. I think he's a good young player, but you're you're gonna need to. Ha- if you're Embiid and you're looking at the Celtics, you're going. That team's got a lot of depth. They got a lot of pieces. He doesn't have that same thing around him. And then, if you're taking a real big step back, if you're the Sixers, you're going. Can we build around Embiid? Like he's really good. He's an MVP, but can we count on him and his health? Yeah, some tough decisions. No, no, it it definitely it it's. It's definitely tough. And I think um, one of the most interesting things during this time when you go on like NBA Twitter or social media and you start hearing Joel Embiid to here or what if he was here or traded to here and you just hear these fan bases go, no, we don't want him. No, we don't want him. And I always find that funny. I don't feel that way about Joel Embiid. I feel that way about Anthony Davis more than I do feel that way about James Harden. I mean, oh, James Harden. I... One, as a basketball fan, I would never want to watch that style of play. That shit is awful. I do not have fun with that. No, I enjoy his highlights on Instagram. That's about it. Um, as a an organization, especially if you are trying to develop into something that is, um, I don't know, different than what some of these teams do when they have a star player, That's not the direction you go. And then hearing all the rumors, and I know we'll get to it, but hearing all the rumors with him going to Houston, my mind just keeps getting blown with that, thinking about the young core that they have and how much he would screw everything up. I truly believe that. I don't think, I don't see him making teammates better and especially young players. So now we get in the Eastern Conference Finals featuring the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat yet again. These teams have played a lot in the Eastern Conference Finals over the years. I remember watching Miami in the play-in, and they lost to the Hawks. And I watched that team, and I was like, Morgan, they look old. They look tired. This team just kind of looks done. And here they are playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're well coached. They have one of the best coaches in the NBA. Yep. Jimmy Butler, the times I have spent over the last couple of years when I watch him in the middle of the season going, ah, maybe he's just not that guy anymore. Come playoff time, playoff Jimmy Butler is different. 
They're without Tyler Hero, yet here they are getting ready to take on the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you give Miami any shot in this series? I mean, you go off of what you just saw in a Game 7 from this Celtics team, the way that they came, locked in, ready to go, you'd say no chance, no chance. But the Heat also have these very surprising moments, these very grinded out type of moments and I mean or type of games even they'll have ga entire games like that where you're you're seeing Gabe Vincent in a second quarter um just come out and knock down all of his shots and is playing fantastic defense on whoever he's guarding and then you're like wow everyone is really clicking tonight so there's still that the NBA is weird and anything can happen in my mind you know what they say you can't spell compete without heat not really, because I was just making a joke. Wait, I thought you were going to get it. Wait, it, compete. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's it, I know. not how it's spelled. I know. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> that took you too long to, to respond. Um, boo. Thank you. Just boo me. That just boo me. Boo. You know what I was going to do? I have this other mic here, and I was going to be like, maybe this should be my joke mic. Anytime I'm going to tell a <laughs> yes. joke, I grab the joke mic and go, yeah, so uh, you can't spell <laughs> compete without heat. Compete. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm amazed by what Miami's doing, Morgan. I really, I am amazed by Miami, and I'm amazed by Jimmy Butler. I think one thing with this series, if Miami's going to have a chance to win, yeah, and I'm not picking them. Okay, Celtics are. Yeah. I have the Celtics are the favorites, and you get why they got the firepower. Miami's got to make it ugly. They made that series against the Knicks ugly. Yeah. And they, I'm like, am I flashing back to 1998 Miami Heat basketball again? It was a grinded out affair. They like winning that way, and they have to, right? Jimmy Butler's going to bring it, and the other guy that's going to bring is Bam out of bio. The difference in this series, Jason Tatum can't hunt Bam out of bio because Bam out of bio can guard. Bam out of bio is one of the rare players in this league who could legit guard one through five and not look like a buffoon out there, right? Yeah. Like, this guy is unbelievably talented defensively. It will be a fun matchup with him and Horford. I mean, he'll be able to come out and stretch the floor with him and everything, too. I think they, uh, and they don't have great size. They don't have great depth. Yeah. They'll, they'll throw Kevin Love in there every once in a while, but he's a defensive liability. But they do such a good job of junking it up defensively. One, they guard the ball. Their guards guard the ball. Jimmy Butler can guard. Bam can guard. And then we have not seen any other team in the NBA play as much like zone defense as the Miami Heat. Yeah, and, and it, it, it works. screws it works. with teams. It, it totally does. does. And especially a team that's like locked in, yep, yep. moving on a little rope or whatever you want to call it together. I know they say that when it's like defensively and you're just in man to man, but truly when you're in that zone and you're moving together and you're in your right spots, um, really understanding that one step over and how valuable it can be uh, to be in position and, and the, the heat do such a fantastic job at those details in the zones that they yep. do play. And I see a couple people in the chat mentioning Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent has been great. That he's a dog and he's going to go out there and compete defensively. So you. that's where you give them, like, one, Jimmy thrives in big games and big moments. He thrives in the playoffs. <laughs> I think Bam can have a good series. The question is can the others do enough? Can they force 
Boston. Can they force Tatum into some tough looks? We've yeah. seen Tatum have inefficient nights. Can they force Jalen Brown to turn over the ball? That's one area with Jalen. His assisted turnover ratio has never really been good in this league. He's turnover prone, and that could create some dangerous circumstances for Boston. Are you more worried about the Heat's offense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. They have the firepower. Do they have the guys that can? Uh, Boston has Tatum. They got Brown, Brogdon, Smart. Those guys can all score. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm saying, are you more worried about the Heat's offense? Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. So like, do saying, they have the firepower? Like, they're going to have to make this series ugly. But not only can those guys score, those guys that you just mentioned with the Celtics can defend. Sure. I mean, truly, though. Like, that's, that, even, even when you look at that, that being thrown at this Miami Heat's offense where there's guys who can get it going if they're open, um, is that just going to depend on Jimmy Butler getting Jim- into the paint, having his 40-point games? I mean, it's Jimmy Butler getting guys in foul trouble, being aggressive, getting double-digit free throw attempts, setting up his teammates, and then, you know, can, can Lowry have a big night? You know, they've, they've gotten random Duncan Robinson games who because he's just kind of been thrown in there. He didn't really play much of the year, and he's had nights where he's been able to knock down some threes, and if he's not, he's not playing. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously think Boston is a favorite here. I think Jason Tatum has completely elevated his game. And it's been really fun to see a guy who has had his moments, especially last series, where he could not make a shot, especially the start of that game six. It wasn't until the final oh four minutes God. of the game in a do-or-die situation where he was awesome. And then what he did in the game seven it was spectacular. Mentally, that, he was on a different level. It was a superstar performance. Yeah. And to have that, yeah, you got to give the edge to Boston. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I mean, but, I'm, 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 fu- I'm fine going into that direction. I just, and I think but, a lot of people feel that same way about the Heat. You also have to factor this in Vegas, too. Spolstra, Missoula. Sure. Spolstra has been around a long time. They're going to throw some shit at Boston that they're maybe not ready for. Yeah. Missoula outcoached Doc Rivers, though, in that last one. Sure. I mean, I mean the, what is that? The mean? biggest adjustment Doc he in made. The postseason coaching. I mean, the biggest change he made was putting Robert Williams in that lineup in Game Six. What? What, what is it? The joke? You don't Doc in the postseason coaching. Uh, wait, why does you? Why do you get? Mine was at least creative. <laughs> That's it, not even how you spell compete. The, the joke mic goes back over here. Whatever. Why do we? It's just it's so <laughs> stupid. We, so have, we have three mics for some reason. So stupid. Very dumb. Emmanuel in the chat says, Gabe Vincent was putting in work in Stockton for a long time. Yeah. For those who don't know, Gabe Vincent played the G League for the Stockton Kings his first year, dealt with injuries his second year, who's just awesome. Miami brings him in on a two-way deal, and then he earned a spot. I mean, he's... It's it's been it's a great story to see a guy who went to UCSB, grew up in Northern California, have to grind through the G League, and he's an impactful player on a team that's competing to try to get to the finals yet again. Watching him in the G League, you knew there was some, like ah, oh, there's something he has it. He has it. Undersized guard though, like can he actually make it at the next level? Miami was the most perfect place for him to keep growing and evolving his game and becoming the player that he is today now in the postseason. I'm so proud of him. Also from the chat, Jesus says, I truly feel like the Kings are much better than most of the teams I watch in the playoffs so far. Nuggets look like the best team. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting as this postseason goes on. You you obviously see the flaws in the Warriors. They lost their series to the Lakers. We'll talk about them. But I think that if the Kings would have got through the first round, they would have very they would have very much competed with the Lakers. I don't know if they would have won the series. I think the Lakers give them credit. They've been Dude, doing some nice things. They keep and especially defensively. I mean, somehow their defense not somehow. I mean, they made some roster changes and. Um, it's helped them defensively. Anthony Davis even being healthy, that has helped them defensively. Yeah. It's crazy uh, what he adds when he stays on the floor. But that brings us to, to a tough matchup for AD. The Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets take on the Lakers. I can't wait for this. I can't wait. I think it's going to be a really good series. And there is not a player in the league. In the We can talk about Tatum's Game 7. Jokic has been by far the best player in the playoffs. And what he is doing in the playoffs is absurd. <laughs> We've seen the 50-point game from him, right, mm-hmm. against Phoenix. In the playoffs, Morgan, he's averaging just under 31 points a game, oh. 13 rebounds, okay. nearly 10 assists Jesus. on 55% shooting, 47.5% from three. He gets <laughs> to go the best guy offensively, the best center offensively in the league right now. Yeah. Going toe to toe with Anthony Davis, who you just mentioned, who's been just a beast. Game changing at times defensively. Right. I mean, when he's in the middle, and it's like, I wonder how the Lakers will go about that. I wonder how Michael Malone will go about that offensively. Like, how do you do you are you trying to get AD out of there? So you're getting those backdoor cuts, you're getting someone in the dunker spot and Joel. Joel. And so uh, Jokic is finding them, you know, in those spots and, and trying to pull AD out? Or is AD just going to... I mean, he's got to come up on you Jokic. You have to come up on him. He's because come up. breaking news, he can shoot. Yeah. Ooh. Jokic is just so good. I, Denver, I think, is going to win this series. And this is their moment. This is their time. So confident. Yeah, because I think this is... You can't look at anything from the last time they played in the conference finals. That's the fine. only three players left on the Nuggets, Porter, Murray, and Jokic. Okay. Everything else has changed. Also, it was the bubble. Yeah. Um, right. You can't really look at the Lakers. The, who's left? LeBron and AD. The one thing you do kind of look at is the last time they played, when AD was outstanding in that conference finals, they just had more bodies to throw at Jokic. And... I mean, oh, yeah. You had Dwight. You had JaVale McGee. Yes. And you had AD. That's a lot of size to throw his way. Different looks that you could throw at Jokic. You could play bigger lineups. They don't have that depth, right? <laughs> Mo Bamba has been hurt. He's not playing. And even so, that's not a lot to throw at Jokic. When in Gabriel's on line one. That's funny. Did you want the joke, Mike, for that one? I mean, what? When, when, when Hold in. On. Wenyan Gabriel's on line one. Yes, six, eight, Wenyan Gabriel. Um, th- here's the thing where Jokic is, it may, he's just such a challenging cover. I mean, I, I went back today and looked at one of the matchups from October 26. Even so, you can't really look at these matchups between the Nuggets and Lakers and gain that much from it. No. The, the last time they played was all the way back in January. Think about all the change the Lakers have had since January. It's a completely different team. Yeah. It's um And then Denver, that was Murray just coming back from surgery. He was getting comfortable. 
even, what do you take? What do you and, and even from the Lakers, like if you go, okay, well, take what you can uh, against uh, the Warriors. What you got? Vanderbilt's probably going to start playing again. I mean, they okay. took him out because of the offense, but really, I see a world where they're going to need his length against the Denver Nuggets. The, I think you always need his length. The problem is, can you afford to play it? Because Denver is not going to guard him. And that's going to be a tough decision for Darvin Ham because I think throwing Vanderbilt on Murray, throwing some size and different looks on Murray would be smart. And then who's guarding Murray? I mean, well, Schroeder is a pest defensively. He doesn't have exactly that same size. Um, but the big thing is Jokic. And I just don't know that they're going to be able to do anything on to Jokic that's going to frustrate him. You play off of him, that's a mistake. You play on him, Jokic can get by AD. Jokic can score on AD. Jokic is not going to back down. He will try to score on him inside and out. He will pick you apart. They run a whole bunch. They, they run things for Jokic that normal teams run for guards. And then, of course, his passing, his rebounding. The one area that I think if you're, if you are the Lakers, and Anthony Davis, is you just have to make him work defensively. Put him in a ton of pick-and-roll action. A ton of pick-and-roll action. Make him come out and defend. LeBron, AD, pick-and-roll. Let's see how he handles that when he's away from the basket. And if you're AD, you got to attack him and get him in a foul trouble. Do you see a world that AD is defending Aaron Gordon? I mean, just so then they're not, they're, they're like trying to keep him more in the middle. And I mean, what, you know, how big of a threat? I mean, that's, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's interesting. I know. But then who are you, who's guarding? Jokic. I, Vanderbilt, I don't, has the size, doesn't have the size. You're not going to, you're going to give LeBron that I know, matchup? I know. Um, yeah, no, there's not, not many options for the Lakers with it, that, but. I, I don't know. I think um, I think they'll come in with a different type of game plan, and not obviously not one that they went into with the Golden State Warriors. It's just it's a, a whole different style. Well, AD could be back there, right? He doesn't have to worry about Looney popping shots. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about Draymond Green and Draymond. Even if Draymond shoots, you live with it. It's just it's completely different when you have one of the best offensive weapons the league has ever seen. And Jokic, we talk about guys not stepping up in the moment. Jokic has stepped up every single time. He has been outstanding in the playoffs. He was good last year, even without Murray and Porter being banged up. He has stepped up in a big-time way, and it, it's been a joy to watch. I, I, I think he is unguardable right now. This conversation, I'm, I am excited about the, both these matchups. It, I and, am. And on the flip side, let's give AD. AD's going to be able to score on him. Yeah. No, I know. I think AD's going to have a good game and then a mediocre game. A good game and then a mediocre game. I mean, okay. I'm not. No shade. No shade. It's, I, it's just track record of what we've seen from Anthony Davis so far in this postseason. And, like, it's fine as long as he's producing enough to get them to the next level. Get Jokic in foul trouble and get him off the floor. That's your best bet. That's your best bet. And I, I think from Denver's perspective, too, just I think they have upgraded their – I just like their pieces. Bruce Brown can defend multiple guys. KCP, championship experience. He's going to have a little revenge on his mind going up against his former team. Yeah. We've mentioned the rookie Christian Brown, who has a little size – 
plays hard. They don't even play Reggie Jackson. Who they got? You know, I they, they know. don't play him. So I, I really like their roster. And then Jeff Green is kind of the old grizzled vet that is always good for knocking down some threes or jamming it out of nowhere. You're like, oh my god, Jeff Green, are you serious? Um, but I, I think the Denver Nuggets have the depth. They've got the best player right now in the series, and that's not. A, a dig. I mean, LeBron can turn it on. I mean, Jokic is in the prime of his career. Yeah. He's playing great basketball. I like the Nuggets. I'm with you. I'm just, I, so I'm So we're going to get Nuggets Celtics is what you're saying. I mean, I didn't say that. I, because you're, I didn't, I, I sat on the fence with the Celtics and the Heat for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's the Eric Spolstra side mm. of things that just like persuades me a little bit in that direction. But I think, I, I think I'm, I'm getting cute with it. So let my mind be. Uh, let's get to some people in the chats. Burn Pizza Boy says AD is a definition of glass cannon. He's a liability and will always hey. be. Okay. Uh, Turbo Duran says Lakers were still game one tomorrow. Watch. I'll come back and tell you that guy on the panel. He needs to stop lying to you guys. Okay. You're talking about us? Must just be a Lakers fan dropping in. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, Jamar says, panel? I have a screen recorded video when Deuce mocked the Lakers saying the season was over when LeBron got injured. It was quite funny. Uh, you can doctor that. I, I don't believe that <laughs> yes, happened. he did. He totally did. That sounds like an AI thing. There's a lot of <coughs> AI videos being put you out there. I'm not. You did stupid bells and everything. You Where? Told... Here? Yes. Here. On this. <laughs> Are you gaslighting me? No, yes. I just don't believe I would have said that. Yes, you did. <laughs> Oh my god! And you were so excited about it. I'm like, you're an idiot. Why are you saying? Why are you saying that? And you're like, there's no way. There's no way. Ugh. Blame Deuce. Blame Deuce. Oh my god! Uh, so dumb that you do that but, every season. By the way, Jokic on what he learned from facing the Lakers in 2020. He says, "To be honest, I don't remember." Do you believe that? Uh, it Come was a on. weird time. Do you remember that time? I. Yeah, I do. Ugh. Uh, I don't think. I, I'm sure Jokic remembers. You remember when you lose in the playoffs, and that's why that's another factor. I think this guy's a man out of vengeance. I got to be honest. I know Jokic is kind of this quiet dude and doesn't say a lot, jokes around a little bit. Everyone talks about how great of a teammate is. I think he's got a little fire lit under Have his ass. Have you seen his brothers? Yeah, he no. absolutely does. But my point is because he didn't win the MVP again. I, well, I think he yes. truly goes, I am the best big in yeah. the NBA. And I should have been the three-time MVP. And okay, that's fine. I don't care that much. I'm just going to go out there and do it in the playoffs and show you what an MVP looks like. Well. It's weird how this the narrative changes, right? Like, throughout the season, there was times like the Jokic stock was going down, 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 and beat up. Giannis, Giannis, oh, and beat, and beat. And he ended up being the guy. Mm -hmm. That's a regular season reward. You don't take a, anything away from what Embiid accomplished. But Jokic, like... There's no one better than this guy as a big in the league. There is nobody better. And you can go ahead and talk about his defense. He just, yeah, he is not the perfect player in NBA history. But who Fine. is? He's who got is? some weaknesses. Here's what I know. The guy can give you 50. He can get you 20 rebounds. Hell, I bet you can get you 20 assists in the game. He can shoot it from the outside. He can get you inside. He's bruising. He'll give you a little Euro game every once in a while. He plays at his speed. Who is better than him? He plays at his speed and nobody can change that. Nobody can force him to play at a different speed that he doesn't want to play at. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. And it's so, so much fun to watch. Yeah, I'm pumped now. I'm really pumped. Yeah, 
See? I want the game to start right now. Well, it starts tomorrow, <laughs> Tuesday night. Warriors uh, Nuggets, excuse me, <laughs> Lakers Nuggets. Speaking of the Warriors, they're done. It's over. Oh, that feels um, good. Even though I hate the Lakers, but it still feels good. This is going to be one of the more compelling off-seasons for the Golden State Warriors. Draymond can opt out. Shams and Anthony Slater saying that they want to bring him back. They want to give him a new extension. I'm sh- I feel like they're going to try to get something worked out. The question is, how much changes if Bob Myers decides to dip? And it sounds like it's a possibility. Woj was saying yesterday, he's taken a couple of weeks to think about things. It's a tough decision, but... Joe Lacob has offered him a ton of money to stay, a new contract, but he seems like he's mixed on staying. Does that change the direction if he ends up leaving? Does Joe Lacob, Morgan, want to spend $250 million on a luxury tax bill, just the tax to pay the the NBA? Does he want to spend this much money on Clay making a ton? Jordan Poole, what happened with him this offseason? An aging roster. They don't have the same flexibility with the new CBA. Like, it's, this is a challenge. It's a big time challenge. I know. And on top of all that, if you didn't mention this as well, you do have to put Steph Curry at the top of mind. I mean, even if he's not that egotistical superstar that you see on other teams that demand and, um, it, it slowly becomes their team behind the scenes. One, if you if he is doing that, you're not hearing about it. It's not being leaked, so that's good. But two, I think there's just a mutual respect there and an understanding of his greatness that you want to make sure that you are still capitalizing on uh, before it's too late, before you don't have that magic anymore. And I'm not only talking about the magic on the court. I'm talking about all the seats that get sold, all the other, you know, like these big, these teams, Think about this stuff. It's it's a business at the end of the day. So when you also see $250 million uh, in tax, in a luxury tax, like He's been paying that for a long time. so weird. Yeah, that is just so, it's like bizarre and it's easier, to me. It's easier to sign that bill when you're winning championships. Absolutely. A little different. When Feels you, a little better. You're a six seed and then you get bounced in the second round. Yes. You're going, oh my God. So now the decisions you do have to make, and which are all interesting especially when you hear that there's there's not that want to uh get rid of or be done with Draymond Green right like they they still want to have those core players here but my question would be why why and and now here's the here's the the answer well it's everything else he brings I know he punches people in the face sometimes but truly without him we wouldn't have that spirit that soul to this squad and he brings us to that extra level of you know mentally and physically I mean I think the answer is he's really good I mean he's I mean, just he he's, ha- he's a really good player and by the way, someone in our Discord just mentioned this. I want to bring this up. You know who are the favorites to sign him if he does not? Lakers? Excuse me. If he does not re-sign with the Warriors, the favorites to sign him? Lakers. He? Who? Wait, let me guess. Hold on. Let me give you a hint. How have I not seen this? Let me give you a hint. The Vegas favorite. No, that is... That is... That's a... <laughs> Vegas love drama no that's so stupid that's just, that's the vegas thing i'm not saying that's true or there's no report indicating but 
That is Vegas. You're. I you, could 100% you, see it. Could you, Mike? Brown how would could love you that. see that? Mike Brown would love that. For why would you? Team. Why would you want? We're not going to get in this yeah. debate right now because you're just not a Draymond person. So I answered why you would keep him if you're Golden State. The question is like, all right, how how do you get to be a championship team again if you're not willing to part ways with some stuff? And it seems like they're more they're more likely to want to part ways with someone like Jordan Poole right. or Jonathan Kaminga. Great, give him away instead of Clay Thompson. And that's what's, it gets emotional. It gets emotional. And it's hard because Clay had moments this year where he was spectacular. He and did. for him to play his first full season since those injuries, I get why they may want to keep him. But at some point, it's like you can't, you don't have the flexibility to sign anyone. The only avenue for you to get better is to trade. How do you do that? Does anyone want Clay Thompson? Do you even want to get rid of Clay Thompson because what he means to, that that team, that franchise, and what he could still do on the floor. Clay Thompson, by the way, in the playoffs shot 38%. He was 36% from three. Andrew Wiggins in the playoffs got hurt at the end of that Lakers yeah. series. He didn't look the same. He didn't shoot the ball well from three after coming back. And then Jordan Poole, who we have to talk about as well, Morgan. A mess. Jordan a Poole was unplayable for the Golden State Warriors. A guy who scored 20 a game for them this year ends up in the playoffs 10 points, 34% shooting, and 25% from three in just 22 minutes. They just gave him a new deal. His new deal kicks in. Morgan, 28 yeah, million, 30.9, 33, and 35.2. Yeah, I get it. I, I I understand it all. And it's um it's wild to think about if they uh parted ways with someone like Jordan Poole, not only committing all that money to him, but you think about Clay, 33 years old. Steph, 35 years old. Um, and then you have someone in Jordan Poole where you saw those flashes, but you also, you also, he also experienced a very traumatic um, situation with getting punched in the face and having to act like, hey, it's business, it's basketball, everything's okay. And I believe that was one of his quotes at the end of this season. I mean, you be humans about it. Like that's, that would not be fun to do any type of work with someone who had punched you in the freaking face. So my point to all of this though, is that, yeah, he might be the one that they try and trade away to get some other pieces, but his contract after the end of this season doesn't look that great. And when I say that it's, it more goes to not that he's capable shot selection, his, um, confidence getting the best of him you know just these very immature moments from Jordan Poole that you got to ask yourself well I'm going to pay a lot of money for this guy so is this the piece that we're missing on our team if you're around the other if you're around the NBA I think at this time last year they looked at him and went okay this guy could usher in the next era he can be a legit number two for us now you look up and down the Warriors roster and you go all right who is the number two could could be Wiggins. He, you can't trust him consistently, right? Clay, does he still have that capability to do that at a championship level? And then Poole, who showed you in the playoffs, he's not capable of it. But I think with him, to be honest, even though his contract looks like it's bad, it may not be bad for another team because they look at it like this. This guy's got tremendous talent. I've seen it with my own eyes. We put him in a good environment. We love on him a little bit. We make sure no one punches the guy in the face. That's a good start. We give him confidence because I felt like as that series, as this playoffs went on for Jordan Poole, 
it became more mental than anything. It was, it was like, okay, I'm missing shots. I go through struggles. But then he was in his own head. And I don't know if that environment, to be honest, is conducive for young players. They have not shown the ability to develop young players in a long time there. They start playing Moses Moody out of nowhere in the playoffs. And he showed some flashes. And everyone's going, why hasn't this guy played all year and long? And then benching Kaminga and not Kaminga, being able, Yeah. Kaminga, who... Now, we're after the series. You know, his people are putting out there that if he doesn't have more of a role, he wants to go somewhere else. Jonathan Kaminga is 20 years old. He showed at stretches this year, especially at the end of the year before Wiggins came back, of being an impactful player. And he still doesn't know anything, right? He's 20. He's still raw, but he's got good size. Defensively, he'll get after guys. Supreme athlete. If I were the Kings, I'd be calling on Jonathan Kaminga if oh, he's available 100%. Please. But the Warriors didn't utilize him. Why? Because uh, he made some mistakes, didn't play well in the Sacramento series, and then he was just out of the rotation. Yeah. And so the list goes on. Wiseman, they draft him number two. He's I mean, playing in Detroit now. Yeah. So it's they, it, I don't know that it's conducive. My point is conducive to developing young players it's, well enough. I don't think, I, I think that conversation, that narrative has been brought up enough where you're starting to see it's not. It's it's truly like just having some of the most special players in the NBA and having a good coach in Steve Kerr. Maybe he's not the best coach when it comes to developing young players and playing them the right way around these guys, but that's also a difficult thing for so many coaches to do when you have these star players on your squad. So yeah, I, and I mean, it, the list goes on. You think about Dante DiVincenzo being a free agent. He's, I mean. They're not going to be able to afford him. Right. So it's like their team is just, it's it's going to change. It's going to, a lot's going to change. And I think that's what's been tough is it doesn't feel like those young guys who at one point you're wondering if they could have traded some of these young guys mm. to get something bigger. Their young guy stocks are way lower than they were at this time last year. And that's a tough thing. That's a really tough thing for the Warriors as they try to get out of this. But it's also Steph Curry. I feel like they're going to be competitive. And we'll find out. We'll find 100%. out. I think Steve Kerr is going into his final year next year. Wow. There's going to be a lot of changes. It would have been so much more fun if the Kings were the ones that, mm. like, ended the dynasty yeah. this season. But you know what? We'll, we'll take the experience. Thanks. Manny, too, legit says, isn't Draymond a free agent? He can opt out. Every thing he has said publicly, including right after the game and on his podcast, is he wants to be a warrior for life. He also indicated it's a business. Yeah. So I, I think they would love to keep him around. Um, but like Vegas said, if he doesn't sign there, the favorites. So dumb. Why does that make you so sick? You know, it doesn't. It's. I'm not. It doesn't make me sick. I, I really appreciate Draymond for what he can do on the floor. Um, and I think that's like his, his timing on screens, his timing on some, well, sometimes it's a moving screen, his timing on passes, his timing defensively. Like there's a lot of smart things that he does that I just love when a player adds The intangibles that. too, though. Just the emotions, getting after but that's playing physical, playing with the Totally, totally. And that can bring up an entire squad like we've seen before. I have a very hard time through my time playing with teammates that are insane and playing and watching uh, basketball players that just don't have it mentally. Like truly, they can't keep it together. And with Draymond Green, 
I was fine with it for the longest time. And I feel like more and more it's gotten out of hand. And when I say out of hand, out of hand as a viewer, I don't think it's out of hand to officials. I don't think it's out of hand to the league necessarily, unless stomping is involved and he has to uh, be suspended for an entire playoff game. But, um, but I look at everything else and they have a different standard for Draymond. And I think that also bothers me because I am about fairness. I like equality. I like all of the above, right? And right there, it's like, oh, this player gets to do that because what? He's gained your respect or you can't um, eject him every game. Why, why are we doing this for this guy? It's the same thing that we see when guys are driving to the basket. Steph Curry gets that call all the time and so-and-so doesn't. I do. N I just want the game to be called fairly when it's on the floor. And when he's screaming in someone's face and someone else gets pumped up and screaming in someone's face, they both better be technicals. It just grinds I my get it, ear. But I, I also think about what he could provide. And one, his just I get it. relationship with Mike Brown, what he does defensively, gets after it. As plays a basketball with an edge. fan, I just don't I I don't I don't feel Good like passer. I don't feel like rooting for it. It's just not fun for me. I think the real issue here is I just would not want if I were the Kings to commit to him for like a four year deal. And I think that's what he would want. I'd be like, I'll give you two. But he, I don't think he would take something like that. Uh, but uh, I, I just could not commit to four years with why, the mileage he has. Why would he even come to Sacramento? Mike Brown. Mike Brown. And I mean, I don't know what his options. Maybe it'd be like, hey, they're overpaying him dramatically. Yeah. Um, Mike you know, Brown's the biggest one. He knows people on this coaching staff. And he has respect for De'Aaron Fox. I, I'm the guy always, wants to compete. This team is on the rise. I'm always down for to have that little nasty on the team and just like um, that will get after it, be that dog. But I also think there's different ways to have that mentality without crossing the line. I want nice people. I want nice people all the time. Do I want you to just agree with every call and get back on defense. Hey, we need some edge. What the you want, shit? We need no. some more. Okay, here's a question from the <laughs> yeah, chat. What? Here's a question from the chat. What? From the young Asian. Dylan Brooks or Draymond Green? Neither. So, and I knew, and that was going to okay. be my next point. Oh, okay. My next point, okay. because as soon as all the Dylan Brooks stuff came out and it was reported, the team will not bring back Dylan Brooks under any circumstances while another guy is getting... After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Caught an IG live with another gun. We will talk about that in a second. But truly, when I look at Dylan Brooks and, and, and Draymond Green and you are empowering both 
in, in talking about both this, the the idea of them coming to Sacramento, yeah, you have. You I have br- flirted oh. with that. No, yes, no. you have. Because look at let, See, let, me, let me hear me out. Hear me out. I have not been a Dylan Brooks fan over the years. I think he takes bad shots. I think he is slightly overrated defensively. Although, thank you. Guess what? NBA voters voted him on the All Defensive Team this year. All Defensive Second Team. And not team. Marcus Smart. Yeah. So let's trust okay. that vote. Okay. I, and this is probably where I give too much credit to coaches. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe I do. I just think Mike Brown gets the best out of people. All right, and you're. Not every player is going to. I can make the case for both. Like I can make the case for either one. Like for Dylan Brooks, a all new, right, we're in me, court. Make your case. Let me make it clear. Okay. I would not advise the Sacramento Kings to sign Dylan Brooks. You're already making a bad case. <laughs> no, that's my disclaimer before I started. Oh, okay. Because people are going to clip this and make it a thing, and I don't oh, want. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the case for Dylan Brooks in Sacramento would be. He's experienced. He does play hard. You need that dog. And maybe a new environment, someone that fosters a family environment, that fosters accountability, and and the chance to start anew. He understands everything that's been talked about with him. And maybe this is kind of a look in the mirror moment and Mike Brown can get the best out of him. If you get the right Dylan Brooks, and if and here's my point. You know what? Here's my biggest thing with this whole shit that that irritates me with Dylan Brooks is Dylan Brooks an NBA player Uh, um your honors can I answer yes oh the role plays over now is Dylan Brooks an NBA player uh yes okay so here's the thing you're gonna this is what's gonna happen he's gonna go somewhere to like Miami it's gonna work out and everyone's man Dylan Brooks all he need was this 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 you could be that team. It doesn't always have to be the other team like Miami to take a chance. It doesn't always have to be a team that I understand. You I, have to roll I, the I dice. Com- I completely understand that. And those those teams though that you're talking about have established a culture, have established a standard, and that is something that Mike Brown has started to do. It doesn't have um, the years under it and I'm not putting like a certain timeline under it but it just like let's put a little bit of a track record that it works and it can work with players like a Dylan Brooks but I mean what makes you think that that's going to stop Dylan Brooks from hitting someone in the wiener like what okay and yeah and you're right that stuff that that stuff is annoying or in the balls or whatever he did yeah for sure yeah I don't know why you (laughs) said the wiener the wiener no, I that that's a part of his game, and that that part, yes, I for sure the the dirty stuff I get. That's really, deflating for an entire team I, but organization. I get more irritated with the other the the bad shots. I don't know, and maybe I I'm too. I, I live in this world where I go, oh, a new opportunity could mean a completely different guy, and maybe he is just who he is, and that's the challenge with him, right? But if he doesn't change, yeah, if he continues to kind of be that guy that's hit guys in the nuts and taking bad shots, he's going to bounce around the league and then he's going to be out of the league. Like he has to change a little bit, but I also think you have to acknowledge he has been a starter on a good team in the Western conference. Yeah. Yeah. He's not yeah. A champion, but he's think, been on a good team, you know? And when we talk about people needing to change, like, yeah, Dylan Brooks, because of the caliber of player that he is, he has to change or he will be out of the league. Um, someone obviously like 
Russell Westbrook, think about all those years that we're and I'm not talking about a mentality thing or um, dirty player thing. I'm more just talking about think about all the years that we talked about. He needs to change or or he's not going to um, be able to, you know, be a starter anymore in this league or whatever it was about Russell Westbrook. And the, the difference is Russell Westbrook will always have a spot and people will always see him as special because he has accomplished so much. And he's yeah. obviously such a high tier player, basketball, whatever words but dylan brooks truly is a role player in this league and i think he wants to believe that he is more and that's fine to have that belief in yourself but then but do it like actions speak louder than words or what you actually believe like be about it and become more than a role player but he's he's just not he's not more than that and i don't think he will be but you, I don't think you need him to be more. I it, the perfect Dylan Brooks situation in Sacramento. He would think that he was a lot more, and that's fine. You could say that, and I would agree with that if that was three years ago. But they, the Kings have like changed some things with Mike Brown. They have a complete buy-in with the players, and yes, I understand one guy in there could mess a little little things up, right? But I, I think Dylan Brooks. It's crazy how people talk about, and I'm not the biggest Dylan Brooks fan, but I people are talking about him like he is complete, complete trash now. And I don't know. Don't I, I just think people can change. You never know yeah. when, when things happen to you in your life. Like what got leaked out about him and how he they're not bringing him back under any circumstances. That's gonna so damaging. That could get you at, and it could hit yeah. home, and it cause you to reflect. It could cause you to change, in some ways. You just never know. And as far as Draymond, I mean, I think my biggest concern with him going into a team that's not Golden State is just his attitude. Is he going to be the guy that acts like, "Look, do it my way. You guys don't know. I'm better than you because I've won championships." That's kind of my fear with him. If the Kings were ever interested in him, but as far as like what he brings, just on the floor. He's exactly the type of player the Kings would need. A guy who knows how to pass, knows the offense, plays hard defensively, great defensively, can guard bigs, can guard multiple position, plays with an edge. Like he's exactly what you would need. It's just it, the but other he's stuff. He's exactly what a lot of a lot of yeah. teams could use. I mean, that's like he's that anchor and he does But to to that point though, he is who he is. We'll like, never change. That is him. That's him. That you you get Draymond, and he's not, and that that's also part of what makes him, I think, a good player, right? And he is a player that he's never going to be a, the best player on your team. We we saw when Steph and Clay were hurt, he was not totally happy all the time. He wants to be able to compete at a high level, being in a competitive situation. And it, that's why, don't you think he is what he is, even like with the caliber of player around him. And that's what elevates his game to another. I mean, obviously, well, yeah, it elevates I mean, anyone's game to another level. Yeah, but, but there's talent here. There's I, I agree. No, yeah. I'm not taking that away from him. But I do. But but you you just you just said it. Like his frustra his frustrations with um not not playing at a high level, even if it's him or if it's the players around. Like there's just so many deflating things that I think sometimes need to be up there on your that, well no because i think i i actually see the good in people unlike somebody here apparently what? i'm I, I highlight all the pros of draymond green what all the? i'm hearing he talks to officials he does this he does that I well guess what he all punches those, teammates in the face they've still where's your excuse there morgan they've still won 
Like, I don't know. Like, he's been, it's not like this guy has been, a, he's played on 17 Deuce. teams. You know how many teams he's played on in the NBA? I get it. One team. We're not, but here, we're just, we don't need to go back and forth about this, but you can't act like I don't see those other things in him. Okay. And I, I truly, I don't even think he's a bad human being or anything. He's not. That's what I'm saying. So, like, like stop. I see <laughs> the good in Draymond. We got more on the podcast coming up. I did not expect to go the Draymond Dylan Brooks route, but Morgan made us, I think. Oh, we should mention that tonight's Night Chat presented by our buddy Sean Stanfield over guaranteed rate and rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. If you're looking to purchase a house, Sean is your guy. Sean is a longtime Kings fan. We have known him for almost over a decade now. Over yep. a decade. Go way back with him. And he has helped many of our podcast listeners. We've had people refinance with him. We've had people go through him to purchase their house. If you have questions about purchasing a house, if you're like, hey, can I afford it? Does it make sense? Is the timing right? Should I refinance? Does it make sense? Get choked up talking about it because your life could change by talking with Sean Stanfield over at Guaranteed Rate. Why are you looking at me like good, that? Good, Deuce, good. Because when you were choking up, I was like, where is he going to go with this one? How is he going to get out? I got out. You did. I was really yeah. proud. Um, yeah, I play hard. I play the right way. Oh, <laughs> anyway, Sean is the guy. You need to hit him up. You can do so at 916-276-7563. That's 916-276-7563. Or go to his website, rate.com slash Sean Stanfield, equal housing lender. That's subject to credit approval. NMLS ID number 349707, company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Thanks so much to our friends at Guarantee. Great. Guarantee. Great. Also presented tonight by a New York Times bestselling author. She's been at the top of the Amazon charts for years. The big book publisher said, we don't want your book. You suck. And she kept writing. She self-published. And then she became a New York Times bestselling author. She's a one and only T.R. Reagan. She's a crazy lady with some crazy books. Actually, all of her books are truly amazing. I just... Um, they're pretty intense. So if yeah. you're into thrillers where you can barely sleep at night, I would just not read them before bed. That's what I'm going to say. Sleep with one eye open. Don't read them before bed and lock all your doors. Okay. So yeah, make sure to check out our books, trreagan.com or on Amazon. Just search TR Reagan. Yeah. We always need summer reads. Why not read a thriller that will scare the crap out of you? No, they're really good books, and they're all based in Sacramento. Appreciate her support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. Also, if you go to deuceandmo.com, we do have some new merch that we dropped. You know, Morgan said before the season that she would get this ugly Kings logo that she drew in 30 seconds tattooed if the Kings made the playoffs. What do you know? She got the tattoo, and then she went... Oh, let's make merch out of that tattoo. And honestly, it is kind of cute. So Morgan's Playoff Tattoo is now merch at deuceandmo.com. Click on merch. We've got crewnecks, T-shirts, kids' T-shirts. Uh-huh. We have a playoff tattoo mug, a hoodie, and, of course, the adult tee. We've got a ton of gear to support the podcast, Night Chat, new Deuce and Mo logo shirts, the Deuce and Mo Tower Records look. We got it all at deucemo.com. Just click on merch. And you can use code BEAM for 20% off most items. <laughs> I'm glad you put that in there. I know. 20% off most items by using promo code BEAM at checkout. Appreciate you guys supporting us. You guys are literally the best. All right, Morgan Reagan, we got to talk about John ja Morantz. Yes. In the news again. I thought it was a joke when I checked my phone in the morning and saw that... 
John Moran flashed a gun in an IG live, and I went, "Why is my feed messed up? Is Twitter messed up right now? There's like so this many is changes." A year ago, yeah, not no, even. No. Um, so over the weekend, he was driving around with his buddy Devonte Pack, who went live. He flashed a handgun while driving and singing along to a rap song, according to ESPN. The video has since been deleted, but it didn't stop the people who were there from screenshotting and capturing the fact that John Morant had that gun. By the way, only 115 people were watching that live on Instagram. But think about how many people have seen it since then. It is insane. And now John Morant has been suspended from all team activities by the Grizzlies. Do they have activities right I, now? I was going to say, like, what, what, what are we doing together right now? Oh, summer. They do the summer camp every year where they go they, and s'mores. Yeah, and like Sly Park. Play games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he has been suspended. Uh, but in all seriousness, the league will be suspending John Morant. And, of course, after what happened just a couple months back where he got suspended for eight games and he went to a facility to work mm-hmm. on things in Florida – he did an interview with Jalen Rose. Oh, and by the way, he met with Adam Silver, but he had that interview with Jalen Rose on ESPN. A lot of people criticize that for being kind of fluff. It was um, fluff. He told ESPN in that interview that he realizes what I have to lose and said he would try to be more responsible, more smarter, and staying away from all the bad decisions. So that obviously was not the case. So John Morant back in the news for that. Morgan, it's so frustrating disappointing it is disappointing and i'm I'm just more curious about what how the grizzlies handled this because i think there's a fear with being a small market team when you have a star at the caliber of a john morant you don't want to upset this guy because he'll just demand a trade and you lose a guy who's proven to be a really talented young player in this league but you got to give these guys some tough love like, is Taylor Jenkins calling John Moran after this and going, what the fuck are you doing? Or are they tiptoeing around it like, hey, John, we saw that you were um, in this video, Flash and Good. We're going to have to make the tough decision now to suspend you. Uh, uh, talk, it's only because they want... Here's Stephen HR. Yeah. Please talk to him and we'll go well, through the steps. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and like, and if they're just trying to protect him even behind the scenes, like you're saying, yeah. we're only doing this so the NBA, it looks good, blah, blah, I. I can't imagine it's like that. I, it can't be. You've got to be so frustrated with this guy. Because but it's got to be real. And I just wonder, is there anyone in that building who he respects that can pick up the phone and be like, what are you doing? And yeah. not even like, ups- it's like, you're you're going to ruin your career now. But it's in, I think the the weirdest part about all of this is that it just happened and he had... The full-blown opportunity, the best second chance you could ever get in the world. And we always talk about these second chances. You know how I am about fairness, and this does not happen for everybody. It happens for that type of player, a player that is a top-tier caliber player in the NBA, in any sports leagues. I'm telling you, they can get away with so much more. The leash is that much longer. And John Morant had the best opportunity to recover 
after the first mistake with the gun on IG Live. And it's not even a whole different mistake he makes. He makes the same exact one after lying to all of us, telling us that is not who he is, uh, he's going to to get help, and all, the, all these other things. He said all the perfect things, and I looked into his eyes, and I was sold. And that's what frustrates me more than anything, because I was like, yeah, John Moran isn't this guy. He does want to do this for his teammates, for himself, for his family and it's like that was all lie well why do i even care so much i just no, I you really care. liked him no you care because you're human and you don't want to, i don't think john moran's a bad person i don't either I think he's a young person that is just obviously going through some shit right now and making mistakes and this one's going to be costly the last one was obviously not enough for him to learn from. Yeah. He met with Adam and Adam's like, here's the suspension. We'll say you did some of it. So, okay, go back out there. I don't know if it was scary enough for him, you know? And it's not about scary. It's just like you need a wake-up call every once in a while. And, you know, I know people go, well, he's he's an adult. He should know. Dude, he's 23. And I not all 23-year-olds are the same, okay? So just put it out there. And I think what he did was ridiculous and he shouldn't be doing this stuff. And, oh, this comes off the heels of the other stuff, not just flashing a gun. The stuff that happened with the Pacers, remember that? The stuff that happened, uh, allegedly happened at the mall. So there's a lot of issues. And the guy he was with, his buddy, was the guy that was banned from going to games in Memphis now. Yeah, according to ESPN, he was banned from attending games at the FedEx Forum after a post-game confrontation with the Pacers traveling party. Pack was escorted out of his courtside seat after stepping on the floor during the game to confront Pacers players. So, yeah, um, you know, it's just you, you want this guy. And it, screw how much talent he has. Okay, sure. You just don't want to see a young guy who's in the NBA throw away their career because of something yep. that's so silly like this. Yeah, and yeah, and that's what's, that's what's wild about all of this, too, is that um if you you look at a lot of the rules when it comes to uh having a gun it's like it's obviously it's going to be legal in so many places right and especially for these nba players but it's not about that there's rules about you know promoting or um obviously one event was in in season this is off season so how harsh are these rules going to be i imagine much more harsher this time around because it's a second offense of the same thing. Yeah. And will he learn for, will that do a little more, more damage if Nike's like, Hey, we're done working with you now. Yeah. Power We're not endorsing you anymore. Like these, we don't want this type of thing connected with us. Does that, is that a wake up call? If being away from your team for 30 games is that I don't know what silver is going to do. I know so many people have thrown stuff out there that it's going to be a significant suspension. I don't know what that means in Adam Silver's league, because to be honest, I don't think Adam Silver's handed out many long suspensions. So what, what is that going to look like? David Stern would probably suspend him for like eight years. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I I think I'm not, I don't think he should be suspended for the season, but this needs to hurt. This needs to be like, hey, yeah, you're suspended from the team like he is right now, but the league's also suspending you for 35 games, almost yeah. half the year. And you have to sit and be away from the, like that. If that doesn't wake you up, I don't know what will. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that that's, you just want him to get to a point. It's like, come on, you're going to lose some money here. You're going to lose the respect. You're going to be of your teammates. You're going to be hurting your team. If this doesn't help guide you. And oh, by the way, we can help you in any other way. If you need help from a mental standpoint, we got you, but you need to work on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, that was, the, that, I feel like that was our main point after the first time this happened, Deuce, you yeah. and I were both like, man, he just needs to get right. Like take care of his, his mindset yep. and, um, you know, put the right people around yourself. Like I, we're just thinking about him and this time around. It's like, it, it's, I think that's what's so disappointing about it. It's like, you are not even thinking about yourself and, and after experiencing what you just experienced and obviously it's because it wasn't enough and something more needs to happen, more discipline, um, for him maybe to actually understand how this can affect him and the people around him. It's a for, I mean, organization talk about a lot of changes for Memphis, you know, Dylan Brooks, we just talked about him a bit ago. He's going to be gone. John Morant's going to be out for a minute. Steven Adams was hurt most of last year. Brandon Clark's going to miss the start of the year. Ugh. Memphis is a mess. Yeah. I don't need, I, Yeah. So, what John, do we even do? I, I don't know what Josh's thinking. We don't know. It's not like we know the guy. We can all just speculate. We just, I just hope he gets it together. He's just too freaking good. He's so fun. And he's to so watch. fun. He, he, I think he's important for the league, too. You I, know, you need players like him. And now he's being, you know, I saw Michael Wilbon today talk about it. It was from yesterday. It was on NBA Reddit. It was posted. And he's just like, I told my son he's not buying John Moran shoes. Mm. You know, it, he's just got to be better. Yeah. He's got to be better. And I just hope Memphis has the infrastructure in place to help guide him along the way. Cause I, I kind of feel like that's an issue as well. Well, it seems like it's been an issue, but at the same time, there's been these moments. I feel like before last season where it was, um, truly you felt like, wow, the culture they have in place there, everyone buying in and working hard, the grit and grind. But you know, um, with this squad, it, it seemed like it was all there and then everyone got cocky and egos, Got the best of them. So we've had that news this week about John Morant. And then we're seeing major coaches change, coaching changes throughout the league. Go back to Boonholzer a couple of weeks back, getting let go, Nick Nurse being let go. And then Monty Williams fired by the Phoenix Suns. I hate this one. After the Suns lost the series to the Denver Nuggets. This one bother you? It's embarrassing. Thank you. This is classic new owner syndrome. Matasheba grabbing the ball from Jokic, not or grabbing the ball and not giving it back to Jokic. He's flopping. That, that that is the perfect image visual that should tell you everything you need to know. He he wants to be a part of everything. He wants to sit courtside with Isaiah Thomas. He wants to run a basketball team. Look, some of these rich people. Guy's building. He's built companies. He's made a lot of money. He thinks he can build a basketball team because he's got some money to play with. So you fire Monty Williams. If you had any, any basketball intellect, you could see what was happening with Phoenix coming a mile away. 
especially when Chris Paul got hurt again. Did anyone think that they were going to win that series over the Denver Nuggets? And then Aiton, then he misses game six. You're, you're not winning that series. How is it on Monty Williams? And now you're in a situation where apparently he was the guy, Matashiba, the new owner, who was negotiating the trade for Kevin Durant, where they gave up a lot to get KD. Yep. The pressure is on now. And then you fire a coach who completely changed the culture in Phoenix. Was coach of the year last year, last season? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and on top of that, like you talk about being a culture-changing coach and also having years and money very much still on his contract it's uh it is embarrassing because i believe that he can bring this and be successful somewhere else and if you're phoenix you are going to miss that you truly are going to miss that especially with the type of talent that you have on your roster. Yeah, he comes in. Matashiba comes in. His first big move is to fire Monty Williams. And by the way, I, I guess Milwaukee wants to talk to Monty Williams. He's a, he's a really good coach. And I'm not... Every coach has their flaws. You go to every market in the league. Someone, some fan is critiquing a rotation or oh my God. a coaching decision. Every market. It doesn't matter how great the when coach the is. When the Celtics weren't playing well for a hot second, Joe Mazzulla was on the hot seat. I mean, Steve Kerr, there's Warriors fans out there that want Steve Kerr fired this offseason, right? <laughs> so you could bounce around the league. And it's just crazy that th- we're getting to a point where you're seeing coaches get fired faster. Like, I mean, Nick Nurse, he's a good coach. Maybe there's a little more to that story. Boonholzer. Guy has done nothing but win, and he just won a championship. The two coaches who went head-to-head in the NBA Finals, the Bucs and Suns, just a couple of years ago, both are not coaching those teams anymore. And that's starting to remind me of hockey. They change... I was just reading a comment. They change podcasts. They change coaches like every six months in hockey. I don't want that in this league. It's not always a coach's fault. Are we really going to act like... Monty Williams doesn't know how to coach and he can't lead a team. That's the NFL too. I mean, that's just, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I hate. I mean, obviously completely different sport when you think about managing so many, so many more guys, um, in the NFL, but, but really when it comes to the NBA, it's, there's more of this, um, intimate feel to it, right? Smaller roster organization, whatever. You want to give people these long leashes to make mistakes, to grow off of. I mean, that's how, that's what we do as humans, right? Like you, you can get better if you learn from your mistakes. And then you see some coaches who don't learn from their mistakes. And sure, I understand wanting to go in a different direction, but there's no, you could not tell me that this is Monty Williams' fault and put this all on Monty Williams. Like, I just don't understand the direction that you're trying to take this team or what you don't see in Monty. I think part of it, too, is you're Matt Sheba. You're going, yeah, I run this team. I want my coach. Okay, then go find someone better. Then you better land someone like Nick Nurse or maybe you get Boonholzer. But then you hear today from Frank Isola that – he says he would not be surprised if Isaiah Thomas was the next head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Isaiah has not coached in the league since being the head coach of the New York Knicks a long time ago. The last 
season he coached in the league was the 2007-08 season. Before that, he had some time with the Pacers. And, of course, he's got a tight relationship with Ashiba. They go way back. Um, there was initial thoughts he might run the front office at one point. And so, yeah, you just... Look, the Suns have championship expectations here. They got to get this right. They, no, no, they have to. With everything that they did selling their future and their depth and all of that for Kevin Durant, who mm. is aging, by the way, and Chris Paul. Aren't we all? <laughs> I mean, we all are. But is aging is already at a different age in the NBA, however you want to put it, Deuce? Yeah. Thank you. Does that make more yeah. sense? Um. But Chris Paul, too, that whole situation. Like, you don't know what's going to happen there. So it's just this team is going to look different. It's going to feel different. It's going to be interesting. We'll see if it's the right move. Bucks apparently are interested in Monty Williams, but Shams also reported that they're planning on interviewing Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson, which seems weird as well. So we'll see. NBA coaching is just bizarre at this point. Wait, no, you have to continue talking about Mark Jackson being interviewed for this coaching job because obviously when he was up for the Kings coaching job, everyone and their mom was saying that it would be um, against the rules to not hire Mark Jackson. Wow, he's being blackballed by the Kings. Like it, it was so dramatic that the Kings were not hiring Mark Jackson. Why isn't everyone doing that to the Bucks? Was it? Yes. I think that's. Oh God, a, yes. Maybe a portion of people. I think nope. there are a lot of people who are like, no, don't hire Mark. Jackson. National media was all, mm. all national media. They like had their guys back and were like, Kings got to do it. If they don't do it, they're so stupid. I mean, that was like always the narrative with the Kings. But that's why. With Mark Jackson, you don't hear that same connection to all these other teams. And I'm always just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's probably because he's been out of the game for so damn long. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time since he coached. I mean, that was like 10 years ago now. Right. Right. One, a couple other things we had to get to tonight. Sasha Vazenkov was named all EuroLeague first team today. For those who don't know, Sasha is a guy that the Kings are really trying to bring over from the EuroLeague. They have his draft rights. He traded for those draft rights last offseason during the draft. He was drafted in 2017. He's likely to be the EuroLeague MVP. His team, by the way, is going to be playing in the EuroLeague Final Four. That kicks off on Friday morning, 8 a.m. our time. We'll be watching that one because it's on the Watch ESPN app, and I'm getting up to watch that. Yeah, I want to see a, how Sasha's playing in the it's final like four. An Eight a.m. game, right? Yep, it's just not, said that. Yep. Yeah, yep. so not super early. Oh, you just said I'm getting up to get. See I said that. eight a.m. I did see. No, I I know, but you said you're like I'm getting up to get that or to to watch that. And you're acting like it was like a five a.m. or. It's still eight a.m. You don't just like how often do you wake up at eight a.m. to watch a basketball game? Do you do that all the time? When was the last time you watched a basketball game at eight a.m.? Well, you know what? I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do what a lot of people do, like overseas, and they get up at like six a.m. or super early to or or people over here that are always trying to catch the football games overseas and they wake up super early. I would. I don't think I would it's ever not do your that. Thing. It's just not my thing. Also, the NBA draft lottery is on Tuesday. Morgan, last year. Remember the lottery show we did and how we celebrate when the Kings moved up to get the number four pick that was eventually Keegan Murray. So the draft lottery is here and the Kings are in the draft lottery. This is weird. It's very weird. Usually we really care about this, but the Kings are slotted to pick 24th in this draft. This is such a big draft lottery. 
Wait, are we doing a show for all 24 then? Like for the first 24? Because usually, you know, we're so quick. It's like, oh, get to that number four spot. You're we, talking about for the NBA draft? Yeah. No, no, no. For for uh, lottery. Lottery is oh, only for I lottery guess, teams. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I guess, well, I guess for the draft then. Yeah. Are we going to be doing that? We're doing a live draft show? Yeah. All the way to the 24th? Yeah. I love it. Why would we not? I just, I like, it's, it is so, it's so foreign to us. We're so used to top 10. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. We're going to have to wait a while. This draft lottery is obviously significant because Victor Wembenyama is the prize at number one. My question, Morgan, is for the teams who are in the lottery, who is the team that you don't want to see win the lottery? Of course, the Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs have the best odds at getting the number one pick. Of course, you got Charlotte with a shot, Portland, Orlando, Indiana, Washington, Utah, Dallas, Chicago, which actually that will go to Orlando, OKC, Toronto, and New Orleans are in the lottery. There's a few that would make me nervous. Mm. I mean, Orlando, you watch, they just keep getting, you. they keep getting better. I say that, but. They're a good team. It, right. Like, I know their, their win-loss record isn't showing it right now, but just look at the, the pieces they Wagner. have. Wagner. Thank you. Like it's yeah, it's a lot. So that would be scarier than hell. Um, really good future. New Orleans would be like one of the ones that I go, oh, that I wouldn't like that Zion BI. And just to be clear, they have a point five percent chance of landing the number one pick. So if I was gonna go to the guys that have the let's just say the the highest chance, which is uh Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio. Um for me, it's an. I have the the answer. It's Indiana. It's Indi. Could you imagine uh, if Indiana, who well, right now slot at the seven spot, they have a six point eight percent chance of moving up to number one if they got the number one pick, and we had to watch Tyrese Halliburton with Wembenyama. Wembenyama, <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, Benedict Matherin. Or, I think the real the real. Answer this is you don't want any of these teams to get them. No, I, I when you really, really want to break it down, that is how you feel for everyone. You don't want anyone to just all of a sudden have this cheat code type player. Um, I think, and then other people are trying to start that narrative too of, uh, like I don't know, look how much he has to stretch before a game, injury prone. He well, might not be your future. Some people have speculated too; he's still growing, which is crazy, insane. And so, I don't know, could he be fragile? All I know is I read the ESPN feature on him today, and one of the quotes from his teammates jumped out to me. His, one of his former teammates told ESPN, imagine Rudy Gobert being mixed with a little bit of Kevin Durant, being mixed with a little bit of Dirk. Like, these are things that you do on your video game as a kid, you know, growing up trying to make the perfect player to score 50 every game type of thing. So for Vic to have all those abilities in one and for him to have a mindset that he has to want to be great and want to get better is very unique and special. Cheat code, truly. I mean, yeah, it's um, what it's going to be fun watching him wherever he ends up playing. I think uh, that's what I love about the NBA, you know, and all the best players in the world coming here. And when it is an exciting draft prospect, you're you're excited for it. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not excited if it's not the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's going to, you no, know, and I think someone in the chat was mentioning Portland, too. Portland, they have a 10.5% chance. Okay. I mean, you talk about fortunes changing. They're in this weird spot right now. All of a sudden, Dame gets the biggest present of them all. Victor Wembenyama coming to town. 
What if it goes to Houston and just another young player? I mean, what? They got Shangun. And then you have Ime Adoka. So, and Ime loved playing the bigs together. Yeah. Plays Shangun and, and, and Wembenyama right next to each could, other. And you could. You could. <laughs> you know, Victor is, it, it's obviously there's so much hype around him. And there's always danger when you start hearing the hype. But man, I think we've all seen the clips by now. This is not like it's all rumors out there. Like there's this kid overseas. That's really. It's like no, we've all seen him. He's played games here. Yes. Played against the G League night in Las Vegas. Every one of his games have been on the NBA app for anyone to watch. He's a freak. And you have got Steph talking about him, Giannis, LeBron. Whoever gets the number one pick tomorrow, it's a franchise-altering day for them. What about that number two pick, though? Yeah. I mean, you're. I think Scoot Henderson, if he ends up being number two, you're getting a very, very talented player and another guy who works his ass off. But yeah. Just not... To me, Victor is... Right. Because Victor is a, like, freak of nature, cheat code type generational human being where Scoot Henderson... I mean, just somehow keeps getting stronger and somehow because he's like a growing young man and he keeps just getting stronger and better and more powerful. And so um, and he he's so driven. He has incredible work ethic and that that drive where he's just obsessed with it. So it'll be fun to see wherever he lands too. And the chat, Victor called him Victor's the beat. Come on, Hashim to be. Are we really going there? He Hashim to be was not. I was not when when he got drafted so high. I was stunned. That was the most I ever watched college basketball in my life. And I watched. I watched a lot of Big East basketball that year. And I was like, this guy, Dewan Blair, would get buckets on this guy. He's not going to be a good NBA player. What do you know? You knew it. Call me the scout. I was like, call him. I was like nineteen years old. Going, what the hell is happening? Wow. Call me the scout. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Pranil, what's up, Pranil? He says, I mean, Scoot would be number one in like any other draft class or any other draft, I feel. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. It's um, it's going to be interesting to see what team gets that pick tomorrow. Uh, I was looking at the reps Yeah. for who will be in the room. Not a lot of like crazy names in there. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be representing uh, the uh, Indiana Pacers on stage. That's cool. Um, I'm trying to think of Ben Wallace representing the Pistons. Ime Odoka representing the Houston Rockets. David Griffin up there for the Pelicans. Nick Collison for OKC. You got Jamal Mosley. How about Brandon Roy up there for the Blazers? That's, That's cool. cool. Man, Brandon Roy, he's going to be such a good player. I mean, he was a good player. Yeah. Oh. A Spurs are sitting their owner up. Peter Holt. Oh, snooze. <laughs> I need. I just need something better. Who would you send up for the Spurs? You know, to be honest, I think send your mascot. Coyote? Have something fun. It's He's it, great. He's a good mascot. The draft lottery is the same every year. It's a, every player sitting up, every person sitting up on stage, and they go up and do the awkward interview if they decide to interview. Hey, Tyrese, uh, your Pacers, how are you feeling about the chances tonight? Do you have any good luck, John? Yeah, I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, I'm wearing my lucky socks tonight. It's just, I think they should make it. We saw what they did with the All-Star game. I want it to be a WWE-style event. Oh. Fireworks, a countdown, like, put on this. Sell tickets! Yeah. 
put this event in. I don't know. Can you I, do something uh, cool? It's the draft lottery. Our draft. When we were doing draft lottery uh, podcasts, ours was more exciting than their entire setup. Yes. Like yes. facts. <laughs> I want, no, I want fireworks. Like you, like you can afford indoor pyro, you know, like make it, make it what it is. It's an exciting time for these organizations. Yeah. You get the number one pick. Well, but see, but think about if you were the Kings in all those year, year after year and there's pyro going on it's and still lights exciting. flashing. It's and still like, exciting. No, you're right. Cause it's you a still, moment. It it's is, a chance. It's a, exactly. That's what it, it's a chance to finally not be there. Imagine. Think about this. Say 14 people in the United States bought lottery tickets to win a billion dollars. Oh. And the way they announced it was everyone sit at this a little, this sit in your seat, and then we're going to announce it one by one, and we're going to make it fast. There's no theatrics to it. We'd be like, that's boring. No, announce it. I want to see the emotion. I want to see the I, I think someone's brought this up in the past years talking about the lottery. Imagine having a fan in there and be like, be a fan. I want you to Pistons fan. I want you to be up there on stage. And if they don't get the number one pick, I want you to show your emotion. If they get the number one pick, I want be you. But instead we get these boring people up there like, all right. And with the 12th pick, the Chicago bulls. And then it goes, right. So it's like, I'm, I'm just imagining them having like a fan, one fan to represent every single team. The amount of characters that would be there, one. Two, probably dangerous for some sports fans that just are like, go berserk, you know? Again, you, you don't just pick any random Oh, you fan. interview them. Got I mean, it. You, you... Hi, what do you do when your team misses a shot? Oh, I throw a TV at the wall. Next. Yes. I want fireworks. I want emotion. Got it. I like I it. I want a good PA announcer announcing. Like, do something. This is, we, we try to make these things more entertaining, but like, that's the one that we just ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's my idea. Don't call him a producer, <laughs> producer, scout, basketball mind. Oh, Let me get oh, he's getting the joke. Mike. I don't know. Comedian. You can't spell producer without deuce. All right. Morgan didn't like that one. Did you? That's not how you spell deuce. Let's uh, end the right way. Let's uh, check in with someone who has to make an appearance on every one of our shows, whether it's king season or the off season. Let's welcome to the show for the first time in a while, Coach Nick. Hi, Morgan and Deuce. Hi, What's up, Coach man? Nick. How are you? What were you just eating? Oh, my God. Well, I had... <laughs> I had... I had eggs, okay. hard-boiled eggs. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. All right. Nick, you had hard-boiled eggs. I, okay, there I, you go. Good this, job. I just want to know how you eat these because for me, the way it looks like you ate them is that you took like three, you put three hard-boiled eggs in your hand, okay? And, and then, Nick, listen to me. No, listen not. to me. And you didn't try to fit them all. You just smashed it against your face. And you ate whatever landed in your mouth, and then you just kept smashing all over. Is, is that what you did, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> and then you went, uh, you know what? I am not going to do anything about it. You know what I'm going to do? 
Call do some more. I'm gonna call do some. I'm not gonna wipe my mouth. I'm not gonna like rinse out my mouth or anything. Oh. I'm- <laughs> I, love- I missed and, your laugh. And you're just—is that all you ate? Was hard-boiled eggs? You weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah, I do have something to show you. Okay. 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 For uh, for my special Olympics on Saturday, they scratched me in my hundred meter run on Saturday because they were so slow that I was. I was doing my jer- jer- turbo drive first, and then they keep calling you 100 meter run, 100 meter run. It's like, I can't do two things at the same time. Uh, you were behind and it, you were in another event. But, you know, at least I got my reward for, only got one medal for my turbo jab, which is this. Congrats, Nick. That's awesome. And you said, that's awesome. Congratulations. You said turbo what? Turbo javelin. Turbo oh, jab? What is a turbo javelin? Does that mean you throw it like multiple? It's like an arrow. Like turbo jab is like where you throw an arrow. Wow. And you got a yeah. s- silver medal for it? Yes. That's so, awesome. It's amazing to me that you can throw a turbo javelin, yet you have eggs all over your face. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Well, anything else on your mind, man? I just want to say, hey. Hey. I want the Lakers to win the whole thing because this, so, uh, I'm only going for the Lakers because this is only to make California. No, 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 no. Stop him right now. No, no. No. If there's no. one team you can't root for, it's the Lakers. Absolutely not. And if you want to go in order, it's probably Lakers, Celtics, <laughs> Heat, Nuggets are the team. Yeah. Nuggets, they need. You're nuggets. rooting for the Nuggets. Michael Malone, the old Kings coach, is coaching them. They've got Jokic. You're like a Jokic. You play I'll like him. For, then I'll go for Denver. Thank you. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you All right. Nick. All right. Thank you. Lakers. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, right. now Sleep there's Abe coming out Sleep of it. Hey, 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 Morgan. Why not? <laughs> why not? Next year. Why not? Right. Why not, Nick? Why not watch the? Why not watch the draft lottery? It's getting there's eggs coming out of your mouth, Nick. There's eggs in your mouth. They're on. It's on your lip. It's on your <laughs> lip. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> All right, get out of here. I love Nick. You're the best. Sleep beams. (laughs) Sleep beams, Nick. What is? I'm crying. So gross. It is so gross. I mean, I love the guy. So cute. I love him so much. He's just. Am I crazy? <laughs> Why is he that much? Stop. Oh my god, ow. That was so Oh god. Damn. He's so funny. He's so funny. He just had egg coming everywhere. He, he, just like, <laughs> that was whew. great. Oh. Man, um, make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe for Nick. <laughs> Let's check in with our buddy, Praneel. Oh, what's up, Praneel? Praneel, what's up, man? Hello. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? Pretty good. Um, I All my schoolwork is done, and then I have like this one last project left, which is this computer science project, and then... Um, being a very smart person, I decided to choose the most complex, intriguing, interesting idea Ooh. so that 
I've been like working on that since like school ended for like the last three hours. So I, I wanted to like hop and do something else. Man. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit. Yeah. Um, get your brain away from that crap. When's the last day of school for you, man? Um, the 26th, I want to say, or 27th. It's in like two weeks. Oh, wow. You guys end before Memorial Day? What the hell? Yeah. That, it's that's pretty, cool. it's pretty, yeah. The, the new, the new thing to do. Um, well, what's on your mind? What did, what, what has stood out to you lately in the NBA world? Um, I, I think that the entire John Moran thing was pretty surprising. I, I had the same reaction as Deuce. Um, I checked my phone in the morning and I was like, wait, are they like redoing the thing that they did before? Are they just like, they're redoing the clip. Maybe they were like resuspended him after more, like, um, or, um, what do you call it? Um, more investigation yeah. and then i looked into it more and i realized it was a brand new thing and i was shocked i'm like are you serious he did it again and like i i got to the point where like i started being like maybe, maybe it's jaw's fault maybe it is on jaw and then i was reading into it more and i realized that his support system is still absolutely crap i mean the people he's surrounding himself with are the right type of people i think you should be you should be around especially if you're an nba star and i mean he's like what 23 years old 24 years old yeah. i don't think he has it all figured out either and i think you can blame half of it on job but like his parents um like t morant and all shenanigans courtside kind of enables him to do this um the league enabling him to do this by just letting him off go scot-free and i don't know how memphis is handling it but like if they're doing the same as i think they're like enabling him to do all these things and like he needs he needs at least like a forty game suspension to just like go like wow I messed up big time or like just needs to get hit with like some really really big suspension to like finally wake up because he's an incredible talent and it'd be really unfortunate if he were to just throw away his career doing dumb stuff like this and I I believe in so much like uh, personal responsibility too you know like of course we want to to go around and blame others but it's like he's he's 23 years old and 23 for some is there there's a different type of maturity level and for him it's like he's the breadwinner of his family everyone depends on him maybe there is pressure there maybe you're there all there are all these things but you're right Pernil. he needs to put the right people around him he has the resources to get the right help and he as an adult man is choosing not to right now and i think you're right with the right discipline maybe it's like that wake-up call that he needed and it's what he needs because you, you don't want this thing to spiral out of control right for him and then doing something dumb with a weapon right it's one thing to be flashing a gun then if you're using it for something so dumb. you know yeah. you just don't it's it, it just Especially with the other situations he put himself in. Yeah, it's not yeah. like it's just a, mm -hmm. hey, he's flashing a gun being silly. Like, there's other things that have happened, right, over the last year or so yeah. that has a lot of people's attention. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's it's on him. He's got to surround himself with better people. Um, the league has to take some responsibility, too. You know, Silver gave him a little tap on the wrist and said, okay, go go do it. You're, you're okay. Go, go back out there. Mm. And, you know... Did, did he really I think we all I think we all looked at him going to Florida for a week and a half or whatever it was and we all looked and went what's that gonna do yeah okay yeah if you need help go get help like come back when you're ready a, a week are you kidding this cannot be about what 
makes a good headline. It's not about public relations right now if you're the NBA. It's about doing the right thing and making sure Ja Morant understands the repercussions and understands his actions and gets better from this. And you have to you have to help him out along the way. I mean, I think he can bounce back from this and be fine, but uh, it, it's going to take a, a long suspension, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, like, with the whole week thing, like, leading up to the first initial thing, I thought he was going to be gone until at least the playoffs. I didn't think that yeah. he'd be back for a week. And as soon as that happened, I was, like, talking to my friends going, like, there's no way this is going to be a long-term thing. There's no way he learned anything. And, like, yeah, the league does need to do, like, a long-term suspension or long I, – I don't know. I don't know if they can, like, drip, like – I don't know how the max, how much the max fine is, but, like, if they don't suspend him for at least 40 games or, like, 50 games or maybe it's just 20 or 30 – it needs to be like the max suspension or he needs to lose some amount of money where it can like really hurt his bank account. And he can be like, wow, I can keep doing this stuff. And, um, but yeah, if, cause if the league continues to be the same way they're right now, which is just slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist, keep going at it, bud, you're fine. It's going to eventually turn out to be a whole big catastrophe. And we might not be seeing, we might not be having John Murray in the NBA yes. anymore. And that's, yes. that's the reality. I think many young fans are not going to want in, in the future, especially with me too. And like, I think every fan, and I think you look at how the last thing was handled and you go, you don't follow the script. You know what they totally did? They went into typical sports, stereotypical Hollywood PR mode. Ugh. Okay, it's damage control. How do we fix this? Uh, Ja, we're going to go to the facility in Florida and then you're going to meet with Adam Silver and say, I'm never going to do it again. And then and you're going to do an interview. And you're going to do an interview with Jalen Rose. Where you fluff, s- you say, hey, I learned from this. It's all crafted. Screw all that. You can't go, you can't do this. This has to be real. He needs real help. It's not just to cover up for his mistakes. It's about learning from it and becoming a better person throughout this one. I'm rude for him. I think he is a young guy who's making mistakes right now. And I hope that he can realize that. And I hope he can surround himself with better people. In addition, I hope Memphis has the infrastructure in place and the NBA has the leadership in place to help guide him along the way too. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that it starts with Memphis and it starts with the league. And if they can finally get to him, get into him saying that, yeah, you need to take accountability for his actions. I'm sure John Moran will be able to change. I mean, he's in a high enough. I, I think he has. He knows how big of a player he is to to understand that he needs to change for the better, especially if they can get through to him. And um, if they can, hopefully by this, like by by like midseason next year. We'll be having John Morant coming back in the NBA as a completely new, better person. And we'll be able to enjoy him for how many ever years he continues to play. Because, I mean, he's an absolute joy to watch. And I love watching him play. Yeah. But um, Fox is better, right? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you're if you're comparing them, I think that Deere's shown that he's a bit better when it comes to team impact and, like, overall just being, like, a team guy. And Deere, especially with this year. He had a better year, yeah. Yeah, also... Uh, oh, plant, yeah, he just had a better year. Plant Fuel Fitness says, you don't need a gun when Steven Adams has your back. And that's a great point. Like, <laughs> that's so oh, yeah. Just have Steven Adams <laughs> be your guy. Uh, just pay him a little extra <laughs> to be around you at all times. <laughs> I mean, we saw how he like picked up Tony Bradley and just like walked away with him whenever whenever he started messing with John Murray. Like, I mean, Steven Adams could literally do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. If he really wanted to. Well, Pernil, good luck with the final couple weeks yeah. of school. Um, and we're, we'll be bugging you for some draft uh, coverage soon. Oh, yeah. And like, um, I the game I'm actually making is like kind of cool. It's like a 
NBA simulator thing. If it goes well, I might put it on like Roblox or something. And, like, oh, this, this is the like, project you're working on for school? Yeah, I mean, the, the issue is that I made it really complicated. Like, it's like an NBA GM simulator. I'm the GM and like you pick like three teams and like you like draft players. It's like, I need to go way in depth of it if I want to like make it like an actual thing, but it's like, kind of cool. That No, that is really cool. Give us, I know this is hard for you, Pernil. Give us like three bullet points about this game. All right, um, uh, I'm making it on like Replit, but like that's beside the point. Um, it's like essentially, it's uh, I'm making it on Java. It's an NBA GM simulator. Okay. Um, you choose a team. You're assigned like three teams you can choose from. You either choose the Pistons, the Magic, or the Rockets. Okay. Um, and then like say you pick the Magic. Um, you go you go to like the lottery. You get randomly assigned a pick, and you're assigned the not uh six uh the fifth odds, so like nine percent chance of the number one pick. So you're randomly assigned the pick, and then you go from there to like the draft, and then you select a player based off your pick, and you're only allowed to select like certain amount of players based off what pick you're in. And then um, from the draft, you go to free agency, you select some players, and then essentially you go to the regular season, you sim the regular season, and then based off where you're at at the end of the season, you either get like a congratulations message you won, or you get like you get fired. What? So and you built and, this. Well, I'm working on it. I'm like halfway through, but yeah, essentially. When, when do we, when do Deuce and Mo get to like try play. it out? I yeah. Play. Um, the deadline's Wednesday. I don't know if I'll finish by the deadline, but like, like around Wednesday time, hopefully I'll send I mean, it out. My God. Yeah. We want to play first before everyone else. So that's why I said Deuce and Mo. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think my dad gets first days, but Okay. All right. Deal. Deal. We'll be after your family. We come next. Okay. All right, um, but yeah, and if, if it like looks really good, I might put it on. I might like make a user interface for it so that you can like yes, because right now it's just in like a console, so like it just inputs everything in a console. So like with the user interface, it'd be much cooler. Where you're like, you'd be like on a website, and like I can just like you can click buttons and stuff. But like do it. That's like do it all. Do that'll, it. Take me, that'll take me like at least like a couple more months if I want to do all that. Oh, I, do I, it. You have summertime. Yeah, so it's, get to work. Yeah, what else are you gonna yeah, be doing I, this summer? Come on. I don't know. I don't have like a lot of ideas and stuff for like things I want to do in the summer. I have way too many passion project stuff that I'm like interested in. So we'll see. I got to manage my time really good this summer. Well, you got it. And make sure that you're spending time with us. Thanks. Okay, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm once again, I'm really excited for draft time. So like if you guys want me over uh, for like a draft thing, a draft session, just like updating y'all on the draft, updating the viewers on the draft, I'm perfectly down. I have tons of information, tons of stuff I'm ready to like, yeah. put out and like in, um, inform you guys on. Well, you were you were the NBA draft insider last year, so you might be back again. We'll, we'll chat, man. Awesome, perfect. All right, thank Bye, you so Pernille. much, Pernille. Are you kidding me? Are you? Can we just acknowledge that we have like the best audience? The best. You guys are so fun, so We've amazing, so smart. Ugh. We've got seventeen-year-old Pernille. We got all the funny people in the chat. We got our Discord. Genius one-liners. I mean, though they need the joke, Mike. Give them the joke, Mike. They do have some good ones. Do you think the joke mic is ever coming back? The only reason I had this mic out is because I was going through a phase where I'm like, I just kind of want to do the podcast with the mic. You like should honestly, I think you would. I think you'd be looser and more fun. I haven't been fun tonight. <laughs> That's what I, was, I haven't been fun I tonight. I was just being triggering. It was funny. I got what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us so much tonight. We do want to mention this. We are dropping another new episode later this week. 
we caught up with EuroLeague commentator Liam Canny. He is the play-by-play voice. You'll hear him on ESPN's coverage at the EuroLeague Final Four. One, he's such a phenomenal play-by-play guy. He'll do a game by himself. He makes it entertaining. His knowledge is through the roof. We learned today he coaches, too, so he just knows the game. Anyway, we talked to him about Sasha Vizenkov, got his perspective on him, and talked about, I don't know, what are some of the adjustments? Why he has taken this next step this year? How he's turned into a potential EuroLeague MVP candidate? So, yeah, that was a good conversation. No, it was a really fun conversation. It's really cool that we had that conversation leading up into um, Friday uh, morning watching Sasha Vizenkov. And we'll probably do more night chats along the way. We'll definitely keep you posted on that. So make sure you're always checking out our YouTube pe- uh, channel, youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. That's youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. Dropping content almost every single day. We'll have some night chats too. We love you guys so, so, so much. But we got to go. Hey, thanks for kicking it with us. We'll see you later. Sleepings. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.